Hey, Gary. Yes? Hey, do you want to do a podcast with me where we explore core topics? Oh, fuck yeah. Yes. Hey, and let's call it Queer Nundrum. Oh, my God. Yes. Awesome. Please listen carefully. Welcome to Queer Nundrum, a fabulous podcast brought to you by us beautiful humans. To you beautiful humans, I am your host, Holly Greystone. <laughs> I don't know my name, but don't you worry about it. I will, but at the end of this show. I am your other fabulous non-drunk co-host. <gasps> Gary M. Thorin Jr. I know my name. I wish. <laughs> so. Oh, today's the first day that I actually wrote my my previous name and initials. I haven't done that since I got married in October, and I was like, "What's happening?" The only thing I could think of is I, I'm a bit overcapacitated at this point. I inherited for a day for 24 hours a kitten. That's right, a kitten. And I'll tell you about it in a second, but I inherited a kitten and kind of threw off my whole day. And so I've just been kind of in a whirlwind trying to catch up on the rest of my day because of it. Yeah. You'll be talking, you'll be talking about this cat. But oh, I'm just, yeah. Yes. Uh, just for clarification, just today, just today. Uh-huh. Sure. Uh-huh. We'll see. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. I'm so glad that that's awesome. So. Yeah. Yeah. Set boundaries, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. I could talk a whole episode about boundaries before I, I do. How are you doing, Gary? Oh, I'm doing well. Uh, it again, just like I think we keep it's like a broken record. Just busy, busy at work, and just trying to get people hired would be wonderful. Um, so that's kind of what's been going on with me. I did find out something this week, which I'm hurt and disgusted. I did not know about till now. Uh oh. Yeah, the fact, you know how to play fucking cribbage. You could have played cribbage <laughs> the entire time I lived in Pullman. Uh, I, I didn't love know, cribbage. I didn't know you didn't know. My my mom taught me when I was like six years old. Uh, funny story, we would play all the time because I didn't want to play Rummy or or uh, some of the other other games like Pinochle. They When I got older, I appreciated those games. But as a young human, I didn't really care for it. And she was teaching me how to play and my mom didn't pull any punches. She, she let, if I lost, I lost. She would take my points. She's like, you didn't count that 15 two, that 15 two, that 15 do that run this. And she like take all my points because I didn't count it correctly. And one time we had been playing for probably a good hour. And she's like, she beat me again. Right. She just, and it had probably been like the fourth time that night. And I was like, oh man, you beat me again. And I shit you not, 20 minutes later, the local police department was knocking on our door, wanting to see all of us, all the kids brought forward in the <laughs> door because our, our next door neighbor, Margie, had been hiding in the bushes and heard me say, ah, oh, you beat me again and called the police and said I was that my mom was beating me. Meanwhile, I would explain during, a lot during that saying. 20 minutes or whatever, during that 20 <laughs> minutes, my mom had beat me again at cribbage huh. and they could see through the window that my mom was my mom and I were playing and but they because of the call they made my mom wake up the other siblings and bring them to the front door and show them that they're all okay 
Oh, they, no. they were clearly annoyed. They knew it was fine, but they had to follow the yeah. procedure. My mom was like, fine. Here you go. <laughs> you know, it was just, it was annoying. But yeah, I've been playing for years. Um, one of the, one of the first earlier attempts to, to hit on my now wife, then just an interest didn't know what would happen if I tried it was the play cribbage. And, uh, that was one of our first experiences. Oh my God. Desiree knows cribbage too. This yes. is like, oh Jesus, motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Place. We played I all over believe... Hawaii. We played oh my all God. Over. We actually brought just... a cribbage board. We bought a cribbage board by a local on the island of, uh, uh, or the main island, Kona, in the city of Kona, uh-huh. uh, after several margaritas and my ties. Uh, we met up, we finally found somebody who made a cribbage board. Cause I really, it was my goal to buy a cribbage board on the islands of Hawaii. And I did finally found one and it's really cool. So we, we actually play on that board right now. I have an old just, board that my grandma used to play me. on. Yeah, dude. See, yeah. All this time, you know, it's like, so I, I think in this next week, um, we need to each of us need to look and try to find an online cribbage thing where you and I can play cribbage, you know, there is. online. And so, yeah, okay, there is. There's like send a, me the link. There's like an app or something where it deals out our hands and we just pick our cards and stuff. But yeah. Okay. Uh, send me the link. Cause oh we my need, gosh. you know, oh, yeah, I, you so. know, funny. I didn't know you played. I, I, yeah. I figured since you're, since you're a classic relic of a human being, you would know how to play that game. But never, I just never dawned on me to ask. Well, yeah, see, and for me, the story is I started one of the few times my dad, who just honestly shouldn't have ever been a dad. He wasn't equipped to be a dad. But one of the few nice memories I have of my dad growing up mm-hmm. was I just had one hell of a time learning my times table. And so he taught me cribbage when I was seven or eight. to help me with that, which, you know, because you're in the 15-2-4. And so there was, and so that was how helped me, and it actually helped me with my times tables. So um, I've been playing that for years. It's one of the nice memories I have with my dad. So it's it's something I I had no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's one of the many facets of who I am as a person. People find like all these interesting things out. They're like, wait, you know how to do that? I'm like, yeah, do? Why? So, I don't know. So, it's cool. Anyway. The, the other weird thing going on with me right now is the whole, I, I haven't really talked about the motorcycle for a little bit because I still haven't got to fucking ride it because <laughs> this small little area that is like this little yeah. isolated island that is being is, construction yeah. on all sides of us right now. I can't make it fucking places to get to do this. So, finally, and finally, okay, so that I can't, the other thing is, I need, I had to get it tuned up and I finally found a place that would do it, but I, I, it was an hour and a half away and I had to then find somebody who could, who could put it on their trailer and take it there. And so I finally found that because they wouldn't even let me get my license tabs until they, I showed that I gotten it tuned up for this area. So I can't even do, I can't do inspections or fucking nothing. So That's finally it's crazy. down there being looked at. So we're talking two months later, a month. I can't remember about two months later now. It's taken this long before I can. And then oh, I was all set up to take a, a, a motorcycle safety class this last weekend. 
And then I had uh, the, I had a, I'm sorry, a fucking employee who I just barely hired quit without notice. And I was the only one who could work the weekend that she normally would work. Oh. I'm debated for me. I'm so mad at her about saying her name on this, but I didn't do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm so mad. So I literally, at the last second I had to call and cancel and beg them for my refund. It's already given them the money. And that was a $315 yeah. that I, you know, and they it's gave it back to deal. me. Oh, I was, oh my God, I was pissed. I, I, I might've called that person the C word to myself because I was so pissed at this person who I worked with to get the hours that she wanted, that she needed a certain amount of hours. And I worked mm-hmm. and figured out ways to get that to her. She worked a shift. Then she had some family emergency, had to go deal with that. And then she was back the next day and didn't show up ever again. I want, oh my God. I'm still not sure if I ever ran to her. I might not spit on her. I was so pissed. So anyway. Well, I, I highly <laughs> advise against doing that since it can be in certain states considered assault. And I do like <laughs> you. Uh, but I don't <laughs> need to advertise for a new host. So if we could not do that, that would be great. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see how I feel. I still don't. But anyway, so and then the other side is um, with uh, I in the last uh, podcast, I did talk about the fact that I'm looking for another job. Um, Mm -hmm. I have put out another two applications. um, So we'll see everybody put good thoughts out. I don't a couple of them. Anyway, I don't want to put out anything to help, but so everybody put their good thoughts out still because I really don't want to be here again this winter. I don't want to deal with another fucking negative 20 degrees and this isolated place here. Not yeah, that you, this need, in- you need to move closer to me. Thank you. Bye. Um, yeah, that probably won't happen, but there, you know, so anyway, wanted to say that the people I do, I have some listeners here. I love you guys. It's not you. Trust me when I say this. I, no, I love you guys. That we can't. Fr- we cannot do this podcast like we have have wanted to, because the both of us have just picked up jobs, mostly because there's just the market is in such demand. Oh, and, and I was made have, to move into a new position. You chose right. it, so whatever. I did choose it. <laughs> I did choose it. However, I uh, I love it. I, I love what I'm doing. I'm doing what I love and love what I do. So, um, you know, there's, there's, there's going to be some typical things to deal with as I, as I adjust into the new role, uh, they've made me uh, a supervisor. Um, I'm sorry. I could go into my own thing. I, I was just interrupted oh, you again. It. Sorry. It's yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. It's, yeah, yeah. It's good. We'll go uh, back and forth. Yeah. So I just found out that they want to make me more of a supervisor. They want me to supervise maintenance custodial and, and the HR. And when they had hired me, that wasn't that wasn't the conversation because one, I am drastically underpaid as it is for just someone with my skill sets, let alone as a project manager. Um, but it, they're a nonprofit, and I understand that's kind of par for the course. You're doing it for the resume building right now because you I like these building people. and a good cause. Like it's a legitimately yeah. a good cause, and I, I I believe in the the process of of making that a success in this area. And then on top of that. Uh, they added supervisor stuff. And I finally, I told them I won't take on any new, I will not supervise until October 1st. I need to one, learn my current job that you hired me for. And two, 
I need to implement systems in place so that I can train everybody, us, including everyone else on the team, how to use those systems so that we're not having to literally be involved in every little decision that our team makes. Like if there's a work order, they see a work order, they can go do it. They don't need to come in pick up a piece of paper and explain to me what, what they're going to do. Like that's 20 minutes of my time and your time that we don't need to waste on this. Like, here you and go. this is no extra pay, right? That's no extra pay. Yeah. So. Uh, in fact, they forgot how much they were paying me and they're hiring for a position that I'll be managing for that makes $2 an hour more than I do. And I was like, so what if I decide to pl- apply for that? Joking, of course, because it's a maintenance uh, technician position, uh-huh. which I'm also overqualified for. Um, and they're like, wait, what do you make? And I'm like, this much? And they're like, we're going to have to revisit that uh, the next quarter. And so hopefully by the next quarter, we would make enough money to consider giving me a raise. And I, and they did consider dropping the pay of the, of the two new employees that we need to bring on in order to pay me more. And I said, I'd rather you hire two people than to pay me more because it, I don't, I don't need the money. I love, I love getting paid, but I don't need it as much as I, as this organization needs people doing various different things at the same time I'm doing something like I can't be a custodian and a maintenance tech and a project manager at the same time. I could only do one of those at one time. And if I do one or the other, I have to task switch and that's not effective for anybody. So I'd rather them hire two people. Uh, So we were hiring two people right now. We actually just went through a series of interview, interview process. I'm just curious. uh, Are they, are, are there plans if, COVID starts shutting stuff down again and how secure is your job, uh, all that kind of stuff. Do you know what's going on with that? Or? Uh, I don't. I know that for the most part, I will have, I will have a paycheck. I can okay. work from home and I'll, and there'll still be a paycheck because I still have work I can do. Even if that building was shut down, I cannot okay. say the same for the rest of my team, but yeah. I can say that for myself personally, because there's a lot of documentation and stuff, although it would, it drastically be impacted. Now, yeah. I don't know the answer to that question. Um, I was just curious. I hope we don't shut down. There's We have two schools in there that are big money makers, but they're contracted to pay us anyway. But if they aren't getting, if they, if the, they aren't getting money from their sources, they're probably not going to be able to pay us. And that's going to be a, a problem too. So now the, the Spokane Falls Community College is not in there anymore. Correct? No, yeah. no. And for, there's a couple of reasons why that happened. And it's not for this platform to discuss. Oh yeah. No, it, and I, just, I couldn't remember. So it, I just it actually worked out. It ended up eventually working out because it's going to be primarily a charter school. Mm-hmm. Um, for the Pullman area, by the Pullman area. Pullman needs that desperately, so that'll be good. So, yeah, and there's two different. There's a there's a nonprofit version and a for profit version in the school, and it's our part of our five year plan is to expand the available spaces and and remodel those spaces and move them into those spaces, which will increase their numbers, which will increase how much they pay in rent. Um, and it, it falls in line with the kind of mission and growth that we're looking for. So it works out all the way around for, for everything. Um, yeah. Cool. So <laughs> tell me about your, tell me, tell me about your new cat that you're going to have. Yeah. So his name is Sam Adams. How did he get the name Sam Adams? So that Sam was the Adams. First thing I wanted. 
okay. So I, so back up, I'm on my way to a doctor's appointment and I normally like always take a left and then a right-hand turn to get to the doctor's office. But I had 12 minutes to get to my doctor's appointment. It's two minutes away. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to take a more scenic route. I'm going to go right and then left because it's all just open fields. It's beautiful. Um, I was like, yeah, just take a prettier route. So I took, and my blinker was on for a left-hand turn when I Mm -hmm. changed my mind. Like that's how close I was taking my left-hand turn when I immediately took a right into what I thought was a dead uh, squirrel, not a squirrel and not dead. It was a kitten terrified in a ball in the middle of the road. I slam on the brakes once I realize it's alive and it's a cat, throw on my flashers, jump from my vehicle, stop to stop traffic because this cat was started freaking out and zigzagging across the two, two lanes. So everybody stopped, which is great. One guy got out and with the two of us, we were able to, to finally catch this kitten. And I, I didn't have anything to, I didn't have anything to put this cat in. I had yeah. a dog in the back seat that wouldn't, I don't know what he would do. So I take my blazer off, which I love this blazer, by the way, I love it. And I'm like, I, you're a living creature. You take precedence. So I wrap this guy up in a, in this, in this coat and I take him to my doctor's appointment after checking him out to make sure he hadn't been hit. Um, I took him into my doctor's appointment and then afterwards I took him to the vet and they're like, yeah, he, he has all the typical injuries of a cat being thrown from a moving vehicle. That's what I thought you wrote on Facebook. That really, that really. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but he does, he doesn't look like he's suffering from internal bleeding He's active. He's strong. He doesn't look like he's broken bone, all that. And then I was like, are you guys at capacity or do I need to take him home and, and connect with Whitman uh, County Humane Society? And they said, yes, if you could do that, take him and, and take him over there. That would be great. That would be tremendous help to me and to our, and to our, our hospitals. Like, great. I go over there. They're closed. <laughs> course, they're, yeah. they're by appointment only. So I called them and they, they asked if I could hold on to them because they're at, they are at capacity as well, but they would, they would find a foster family and set up the meeting and location for me to meet the foster family to drop off the, this, this cat. No, that's how Tracy got coyote. Just yeah. to, just to just let, throw just that, to let yeah, me know. Just to throw that out. Just yeah. Let me know. So that's yeah. how she got coyote. So, so he, uh, Des didn't know at the 12 time. Twelve years all, later, just all of this information. Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe I should ask her about Sam Adams. Um, so Des, no, she's in Cabo right now. So whatever, so. whatever. I'll just yeah. drop off her. I'll just drop the cat at her house and let the new house sitters take care of the current cats. Just take care of the fourth. What's it's fine. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it's fine. She'll just come out to the cat. She's gonna be like, "What the hell is this?" I'm like, "You're welcome. Welcome yeah. back to the states." <laughs> <laughs> Well, and you know what? I feel like I put it out on the mainstream media, and if she doesn't hear about it, it's not my fault. She's been put on notice. You're you've been put on notice. You're getting a cat. Congratulations. Des didn't know the cat was a girl, so and it's a Wednesday, so she's like Wednesday Adams, and I'm like that's cute, but it's a boy. How about Sam Adams? Because it's also typically the beginning of Oktoberfest, and I was like, I dig Oktoberfest. Wish I we could have an Oktoberfest. And I'm like, Sam Adams. Perfect. I'm going to name this cat Sam Adams. Um, so you named a cat you're having for a day. I'm I have sure. him for a okay. day. He's already registered with the Humane Society of Pullman as Sam Adams. So after his two weeks of quarantine and, and then he gets spayed and neutered, 
he'll uh-huh. be listed on their website as Sam Adams. That's so cool. It so, is. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. uh, I've already asked my wife. I already know the answer, but I did ask my wife. She's like, oh, my God, he's so cute. I'm like, so we're keeping him? She's like, nope. Not keeping okay. him. I was like, okay. So how did, how did Breezy and, um, no, what are their names? Uh, oh, my God, I forgot your cat's name. Sassy. There you go. Sassy and Stormy. Stormy. Sassy. You called, yeah, you do call St- uh, Stormy Breezy. Um, That's because actually one of my, I, and I, I have to tell you that story. So we're going to go off in another side moment. All right, go, go. Is one of my uh, former student employees, one of my favorite student employee, employees. Hi, Erica, if you ever listen to this, you are you are one of my favorites. Um, she has a dog that she named Breezy. And oh. the minute you told me Stormy, First, my I remember, like, oh, okay, that sort of connects with the, they have a dog named Breezy. And I, for some reason, I cannot get that out of my head. So that's <laughs> where that comes from. So. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Stormy has no idea this cat is in the house right now. Sassy okay. has an idea. And last time we had a kitten in this house, she, her eyes fully dilated and we thought she was going to murder Stormy. Yeah. So I think if she had access to Sam, she might kill him. Uh-huh. But I'm okay. not sure. I mean, it's been valid, years. you know, valid. You got you gotta accept, you gotta accept the feelings. You know? I mean, it looks kind of <laughs> like a little rodent right now. Yeah. yeah so yeah. she might want to kill him. <laughs> so it, but with the two dogs, the two puppies that don't know not to chase cats, it would be a little rough to add. I mean, this cat's not even a pound. It's like I can't imagine like them trying to to play with that poor little guy. So I, if it changes, I reserve the right to change my mind. <laughs> uh huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. <laughs> so yeah, that's the story of Sam Adams. Uh huh. All right. Cool. Yeah. So by next week, we'll be talking about the newest addition to your family. Well, and and you've got your mom. My your, mother-in-law your, just had yeah. a bunch of movers uh, over there, got a majority of her stuff packed out. She's got a few things left, but not too much. Uh, she has a few engagements that she's already got scheduled. And so the middle of October, she'll be she'll be moving in with us. Uh, okay. And she is super bummed that I have a full-time job because she was looking forward to coming here and staying with us and doing projects. She's like, I lost my project partner. What am I going to do? And I'm like, I could give you projects. Oh, <laughs> shit. And whatever. She's still going to make both of you do projects. You guys are going to be exhausted. Oh, my goodness. And she's still got, she's like the uh, Energizer Bunny. And you're going to So much so. Shit, yeah. So. She's the original Ener- Ener- Energizer battery. And she is still going. It's like, yes, you better be ready. I'm not prepared, but we'll see what happens. Because, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, she's still going to be doing it. So you just, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, so. she's she's a bu- bundle of joy. So I look forward to her, to her being here. See her half. Yeah, your your house is going to be bursting. You know, we need to get you a goat now. I was perfect. just saying that to somebody today, especially with this kitten. They're like, "Oh yeah, you got a new kitten." I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. We're we're already pushing the seams. We're about to burst out from the seams at this oh, point." And the fish, you got your fish. Come on! Oh my you know, gosh! So. Do you know I haven't lost a single fish? Yeah, in almost you ten like- years. You sent me a, a fish photo about a week and a half ago. Yes. I, 
Yeah, they're so, freaking monsters. Yeah, they are. They're big. And it's like a, they're like, okay, but then I was you're showing me the fish. Okay, uh, yeah, so cool. yeah, because you had them for a bit while I was in California. Yeah, and yeah. So then we it was, haven't yeah. lost any of the fish. I think uh, my original fish that we got about eight years ago, I lost like two early on because I hadn't maximized my technique. Now I have a really good system in place, and I don't lose fish. Knock on wood. Um, now you wake up tomorrow. I know, wake up tomorrow. I'm like, son of a bitch. Sam Adams will be in there trying to Sam Adams is fishing. (laughs) Son of a bitch. Like that cat is strong (laughs) enough. I wouldn't put it past him. He he was if he got hurled out of a car, you know, come on. He was doing pull-ups in the dog crate. He crawled up to the top of the the ceiling trying to crawl out and started doing pull-ups to fit his head through the small openings. I'm like, yeah, you're clearly not broken. You're going to be a ripped cat by the time you get big enough. I'm like, damn, he's he's going to be a very fit cat. So I don't know. Should we maybe yeah. start talking about? So yeah, um, let's jump into it. Um, so not that I'm actually really enjoying this. We can go for a while, but I don't think I, I our, know. I know. But our I, listeners probably could go like, you guys, like, you gonna... know, they've been yakking for 20 minutes. Maybe we yeah. should get into the topic. It's like, all right, all right. So today's topic, we are going to be doing, uh, basically, we're going to follow kind of a air quote outline because <laughs> we're so oh, sporadic over here yeah. to do whatever yeah. we want. But we're going to talk about different aspects of, of sexuality and, and gender identity. And we're going to tie that into something that's happening on, on, a, on a, what would you say, current or... Maybe not current, but uh, well, I think can I? I think can I better describe it? Yeah, please. So better describe I think it. We're, we're we're trying something new here, folks, and I think I, it feels really good to to both of us. So yeah, you can tell us if we're wrong. Um, we're doing we're using Holly more with her fur because she's very factual and she's got her science background. And so, like this week, we're we're talking about sexuality, where then I fall in more with the pop culture and looking yeah, for. So trying to tie in a set of like we're, we're tying in what the topic, hopefully then with a movie book or something going on in just in the world of pop culture. Right. I'll be doing that side of it and just trying something new. And we're excited about it. So you better fucking like it. I don't <laughs> want to tie it, so. You could tell us how you feel about it. I don't yeah. know if it will change much. And then yeah, we are, yeah. <laughs> we're still doing uh, we're still doing our queer corner where I cover uh, news. Uh, related to our community all over the world. And then Gary kind of tasks switch between his personal journeys that he's going through, as well as uh, something that highlights from a popular culture reference uh, to that core corner. So we are enjoying that, getting a lot of great feedback on that. So we'll continue on that. So on that delightful note, I'm going to go ahead and get us started on this topic today. We are going to be talking about human sexuality. Uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah, woohoo! Uh, is so so basically, human sexuality is the way humans, us humans, experience and express ourselves sexually. It involves a biological, erotic, physical, social, emotional, even even spiritual as well as behavioral uh, elements. So it's obvious a very very broad definition of what human sexuality, and it varies based under certain historical contexts as those have changed over time and therefore 
it will always lack a precise definition. So if you look up this definition, you will find that it will always vary. But for the most part, you will find that it will follow along this biological, erotic, physical, social, emotional, spiritual behavior uh, a definition as that broad definition. Uh, gender and sexual diversity, also abbreviated to G- GSD or uh, which I call get shit done. And I'm like, nope, nope, that's gender sexual identity. And also, you know, maybe you do get shit done. Um, or a lot of times it's just simply referred to as a sexual diversity. And it refers to the diversity of all the sexual characteristics and orientations, as well as identities, uh, without any uh, specific identity or behavior or characteristic in the form of like a plurality. It's it's very broad in definition as well. So I'm going to do a little callback here from a previous episode where I talked about how sex and gender are not the same thing. In an overly general way of describing this, sex refers to a person's physical characteristics at birth. So their physical attributes of their body notable at the time of of their, their birth. And then gender encompasses a person's identity, their expressions, and their social role. And that may differ from the gender, or sorry, of the sexual identity at birth. So they're not always in line. And I'm going to get into that a little bit more. But I wanted to make sure that we had a clear understanding before we jump into it that they are not one in the same. Sometimes, but not always. So focusing primarily at the Western world, because that's kind of where I, I'm going to couch this information. And I would love to hear your, your cultural experiences around this. Uh, so generally, in an open, uh, a simplification of this is that it is used to describe, so sexual orientation is usually related to like heterosexual or homosexual and sometimes bisexual. Gender identity refers to like transgender or cisgender and related minorities or intersex uh, gather under the acronym of the LGBT or the LGBTI, which is the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, transsexual people, and sometimes intersex people. There are other cultures that have other ways of understanding sex, as well as gender systems. And over the last decades, there have been some sexology theories that have emerged, two of which I thought were very interesting, and I will touch on them very briefly here. One is the Kenzie theory, and the other is queer theory. And they propose these classifications are not enough to describe human sexuality complexity not only in the human species, but just in the animal kingdom altogether. So they're saying that what we've already talked about is not even enough. We need, there's so much more diversity within that. So Kensley, Kenzie, excuse me, the scale was created in order to demonstrate sexuality that it does not fit into like these strict categories like homosexual and heterosexual, but then instead the sexuality is fluid and is subject to change over time. So that's the Kenzie scale. So the queer theory is basically a lens that is used to explore and challenge scholars, activists, artistic texts, media, any of those sort of things that pertain to gender and sexual bias and, and its sexual-based binaries. Uh, so basically their goal is to undo all the hierarchy and fight against the social uh, inequalities 
And of course, there's controversy over the definition of queer, including whether or not the word should even be defined at all versus being left deliberately open-minded, which, by the way, we talked about that on our show, where we have run into people finding the word queer being a negative connotation because of their cultural experiences. So this really plays well into this conversation. Uh, So, of course, with all these disagreements and contradictions about what queer theory should be and what queer should be defined as, uh, we're, we're finding that there are queer theologists that have warned that if we decide to actually conceptualize it as an academic field, it might lead to its inevitable misinterpretation and or potentially destruction of that whole system that's built around challenging scholars and activists and artists and media because it's it's designed to be a question. It's a lens. It's something that you you view the world through and not necessarily a defined uh, entity. So there, there's a lot of discussion, in, which I found super interesting. And I thought I'd share that with you guys because we talk about it here in our show. We've actually kind of covered it also in, in the queer in queer punk um, and how it's, was it queer punk? It was, uh, remind me, Gary, what was the name of the queer punk? We talked with Brandon. Uh, queer core. Queer core. So queer core is queer core until it's mainstream and then it's no longer queer core. And that's kind of like this idea here, like the queer theory is like if, if queer theory becomes an academic theory in, in, a, in a particular field of study, then it stops being the thing that it is, which at its fundamental level it challenges it, the post-structuralism and deconstruction, and it looks at being actively critiquing the heteronormality of our societies and how we have traditionally made assumptions about sexual and gender identities. So I thought that was super interesting to, to just touch on that. And I want to give you a few examples here, uh, and then I'm going to turn it over to our wonderful Gary. So a few examples here. So some people may feel an intermediate sexual orientation between heterosexual and bisexual or heteroflexible, uh, between homosexual and bisexual, homoflexible, or over (laughs) time, they could be two, they could be, they could be more one or the other at, at both extremes and therefore sexually fluid, or they can include interactions that aren't even towards men or women at all. So there's a spectrum of sexes and gender, uh, so pansexual. Uh, In other words, there's a lot of there's a lot of bisexuality that exists and a huge diversity of topologies. So it's not like bisexual in terms of like, well, I'm interested in men and women. You could be interested in someone who's pans, somebody who's asexual, somebody who's non-sexual at all, any of those spectrums. And it, but it could be a duality, and therefore it still would fall under this this text of bisexuality or sexual fluidity. Um, it's it's super interesting. I really like the idea of the Kenzie scale and how it talks about sexuality is is fluid, and that's where I want to start our conversation. Is is having these harder conversations about what is gender identity, what is sexual identity, how are they different. And then look at those a little bit closer and ask the question. And I want you, our listeners, to ask the question, like, what are these what are these terminologies resonating with you? What are you seeing out there? What are the conversations that you're having with your peer groups? 
is that being encompassed in, in the, the studies that I'm coming across and sharing with you all? I know this is just the tip of the proverbial iceberg, but the this is something that I feel is super important. And I think we're going to have a lot of fun diving into the details of this. I think so, too. Yeah. Is it, is it my turn? It's absolutely your turn. All right. I like the bell. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so uh, where this all leads to for me is this wonderful family sitcom called Atypical. I'm going to read you what the definition in Wikipedia says, and we'll go from there. <laughs> Atypical is an American comedy drama streaming television series created by Rabia Rashid for Netflix. It focuses on the life of an 18-year-old Sam Gardner, played by Keir Gilchrist, who is on the autism spectrum. The first season was released on August 11th, 2017, consisting of eight episodes. The 10 up the second season was released on September 7th, 2018. La-da-da, go, yeah, all the premiere dates. Um, and basically what Atypical is, is it started off being about this person, Sam, who is on the autism spectrum. But getting to know, you get to know through this, though, his mom and dad, his sister, and also his best friend, and also the person who ends up becoming his girlfriend. Um, why I want to talk about this is because actually in, in the series, Sam ends up being with a female, but he does think about what would suit him best. Who would he be better off with? I appreciated that. And again, I think this is the family. I think this is the family show. I think you could sit down with your 90 year old uh, grandparent and your six year old kid and be able to enjoy this as a family. It does bring up some topics about sexuality, but I think in very gentle ways. Um, the cast from the, the first year is Gil Gilchrist, Bridget Lendy Payne, who plays his sister Casey, Jennifer Jason Lee as Elsa, and Michael Rappaport as Doug. So first of all, Anybody from my age knows Jennifer Jason Lee from the wonderful, iconic movie, Fast Times of Richmond High. So to see her in this show where she's playing a worried mother is hilarious to begin with. Um, Michael Rappaport, what I remember him from, so everybody should because it's the coolest thing, is he played <laughs> one of Phoebe's more serious boyfriends on Friends. He was the uh, police, the police detective she was with, who they ended up breaking up because they woke up one morning in bed together right after she moved in with him to live with him. And the sun shining and a bird singing and he brings out his gun and shoots the bird. So it shuts up. So <laughs> I, I so he's also one of my favorites. Uh, but so in this, um, Sam talks about the fact of who he would be best with. He literally goes through all this, all these things with his best friend, um, who is um, Nick Doandi. I hope Doandi. I hope I'm pronouncing that anywhere close, but uh, he is played by, he, he plays the character Zahid. And they are best friends. What is hilarious about 
Zahid is that this guy, there's no other way to put it, he is a flaming heterosexual. Foul-mouthed. I mean, what comes out of his mouth he's, when he's talking about women and, and what he wants to do to him. But again, in ways that kids can watch and they would think it's funny, he's talking funny, but not, they wouldn't think anything about it. So it's, it's amazing how they do this. So, um, but this, this character is played uh, by Nick who is openly queer. He is a gay man. And so I love that, that, you know, they've got this character who is, oh my God, offensive heterosexual being played by a gay man. So that's, I love that. Um, Next you have the sister who in the first season is dating a young man, a wonderful guy. And that's another thing. There are really no bad guys in this show dating a guy and she starts realizing into the second season that she might not find him as attractive as say the girl at the new school she's at, who's on the track team with her. I'll leave it at that. You can, you know, take, you know, (laughs) where you want to from there with it. Um, And you see her doing some struggling with this, but not a lot, you know, just more her struggle comes from the guilt of feeling attracted to another person, not her boyfriend. You know what I mean? So it's like, so she's not, it would be the same thing as she found herself being attracted to another, another guy, but she's finding herself attracted to this girl. And then she goes through the series, um, then for the next two seasons with this, with this girl who mm-hmm. they have a wonderful, they have a wonderful relationship, you know, for teenage drama, wonderful relationship. You know, you, you always get the drama with that. And then by the end of the series, the, this isn't a spoiler of any kind, she finally admits to people that she realizes she's not, she's not straight. She's not a lesbian. She realizes she's bisexual. She comes mm. to this conclusion through, the, through this whole show. Um, they, on this show, they have people who are on the spectrum. The main character here is not, and he freely admits he's not. Mm. Even the creator of the show admits that if she were to do it again, she may not cast him and may cast somebody who is on the spectrum. But this, I think, not coming from, from that at all, I think that I think he does a really great job with the role. Um, okay. So... Uh, they they show the they show the daughter going through her, and it's never a crisis, just her coming to realization that she's going along, and and that's so refreshing. It is so refreshing to see her, like we all do. It's not you know, it's not. Oh my god, I'm gay, <laughs> or, or 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 oh my god, I you know I'm with this other person. It's she's just having these realizations as she goes along. Also, what I love with this character is she does not have sex with this girl or the guy. Um, She never has sex with a guy until the last season. They have this wonderful, sweet romance that doesn't lead anywhere until the last season, which that is so refreshing in that kind of in that kind of relationship. Now we wanted to then I want to go talk about the parents briefly. They actually the parents have a sex life the mom when when sam decides that he wants a girlfriend the mom has been the overprotective mom that i think a lot of 
a lot of the parents who have uh, have a, a child on the spectrum can become. They do become overprotective. They want to make sure everything's right for for their child. And um, all of a sudden, Sam is telling his mom, "Back off! I need to do this on my own. You need to leave me alone. Let me let me become a man and do all this stuff." All of a sudden, the mom has no she doesn't know what she's going to do. She's realized that her last eighteen years have been so focused around him. She doesn't know where she's going. She doesn't know what to do anymore. She ends up, she, she starts to try to live what her life used to be like. And she ends up, and then in such a beautiful way, she has an affair. Oh. A one night stand. But it's so well done. And you see the repercussions because of it. It is so amazingly done that you, you see then the hurt and her, her guilt, but in real ways, not overly dramatic ways. And it shows her going through that, that all of a sudden she realized, okay, no, I am, I am the sexual being, but oh my God, I really fucked up. I love my husband. Mm -hmm. The husband gets to then play a part that you don't see very often on television. He gets to be the person who is hurt, not upset. He's hurt by what has happened. He's a, I've been a good guy. Why, why are you doing this to me? He's not this macho, oh, I'm going to go beat him up kind of thing. He's just hurt. He's not ready to forgive her once he finds out. He has to go through his own journey and experience, and he dates a woman kind of briefly. And I love the fact that he does not go off. He doesn't you know, try to fuck every woman he sees. He just, he's, this is his journey. Every character on this show has a journey. From the first episode to the last episode, they all have a journey. And every one of these characters, the ones I've talked about, and some of the more minor characters have journeys. They are all sexual beings in one way or another. Yeah. I, highly I highly recommend this show. It's four seasons, a total of 38 episodes. It's on Netflix. I mean, a good weekend. If you have nothing else going on, you can watch the whole thing. It is something... I encourage you. I've never think, I don't think I've said this before. I encourage you to watch it with your kids. All It'll right. bring up wonderful discussions about sexuality, where they are in their lives, where as a parent, you have to be on their side of it. You have to be willing to talk to your kids about sex if they want to, you know, don't force it on them. Oh my God. In the third season, there's a, <laughs> a scene with the, with, the, with the mom and the daughter, mm -hmm. um, with, so with Casey and Elsa, where it's now it's known that, that Casey's with this girl and the mom, he, she hasn't talked to anybody about it yet because uh, Casey's still trying to figure it all out, but the mom just sits down. And it's so painfully funny. And the mom, you could tell, is kind of embarrassed, but she sits down on the bed with with Casey and goes you know Casey I just want you to know that I was with a girl once and the daughter goes oh my god mom just leave me alone shut up and then she runs away <laughs> which is exactly how a character would react you know how a teenage right? daughter would react at that point and I thought they that scene was just beautiful um you see them you see this family very open because somebody on the spectrum 
they when they talk and they're usually they're pretty open if they if they're if that's part of what they're who they are they're open they tell everything and boy um sam does he tells everything so you've got a mom and a dad and a sister sometimes at the family dinner they have once a week they have taco tuesdays once a week he's telling them stuff that they don't need to know probably never want to know there's some things that he's said that i've been listening to going I didn't ever need to know that. Why are we delayed? Yeah, but it fits his character so well. Um, so I think it's something that this is a good show to go along with that. I would say, I think you should all of this would be an episode where you'd want to listen to our episode. Listen to have the Holly scientific side of it. Listen to what I've said about atypical. Mm-hmm. Then start watching this show. I, I think it'd be a good way to, to bring up conversations. I will do that as soon as I'm done watching Batwoman. I am almost done with season two. And I am almost done with Game of Thrones, which I find very misogynistic, but I'm at the point where I have to finish it now. (laughs) (laughs) I never got into the books or the TV shows. Do not judge me. I was busy when that stuff was dropping. Um, It's okay. The books never, I read the books and then the books never finished. And so Dean wanted to finally watch it. So I did. And, it's good, but not, it's misogynistic. Um, I want to say a whole bunch of boobs and not enough dick. If they're going to show all those boobs and all full friend of woman nudity, I wanted some more dick, I, but you know what? I agree only that I believe that it sh- there should be some fairness in body parts being showed. Yeah. Uh, I don't agree in that I don't want to see that. <laughs> good. It's, good. So that, that. You, you, these poor women are in that show. Now, to getting... be fair, I'm sure there's shirtless men and they have boobs. They just don't have the same looking boobs. So, and really not as much. You see, oh, really overall in this, you know, I, I thought about for a second. I really did. You mainly see women. Even you don't see a lot of shirtless men in this. You mainly see naked women. And you don't, you, I mean, so it really, it's not... It's very the the show is misogynistic. I don't know else to put it, but anyway, yeah. but that's not what we're talking about. So no, it's not atypical. this time. We'll talk about it another time. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be able to get somewhere when we talk about misogyny. I can get that. I can work that one in beautifully. So, <laughs> um, but no, I really recommend watching it. It's okay. it's an amazing show with some wonderfully layered characters who each each. Each episode, sometimes each scene, they they do some emotional growth. And it's it's just it's wonderful and pleasantly uncomfortable to watch. I look forward to checking it out. Thank yeah. you for sharing. No problem. All right. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Stick with us as we jump into our next segment of Queer Corner. Corner, 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 corner. Hey, welcome to the Queer Corner. (laughs) Welcome to our section of Queer Corner, where we bring you some awesome entertainment in form of news, uh, current updates, and popular culture. So we're going to jump right into this. We're going to start with Gary's segment. Go ahead. Hi. So the first thing I want to tell everybody is love some of the comments I'm getting. I really appreciate it. And as soon as people say it's okay, I want to start making 
comments about stuff that's being said, but I don't do it until I know that it's okay, if that makes sense. They're, these are all ones that have been instant messaged me, and so I don't want to, you know, so I'm not. Yeah, we've had so. a few not okay people connecting with us with certain things we don't need to be a part of. Yeah, so it's yeah. so, yeah, you know, so I'm, you know, so there we go. So um, I do want to start off by saying that my new weight is 197. And I am ecstatic. Yeah, I know weight shouldn't be a number, but you know, it's fucking 197. So I am thrilled with that. I am now a little over 20 pounds lighter than Dean, which beyond thrills me. So I I am wearing now clothes he can't fit into anymore. I'm wearing that he's he's going the other way and I'm going down, he's going up and all of a sudden I'm fitting into clothes that he can't wear anymore. So I'm really enjoying that. So that's a, the wonderful news on that. So hang on. Nice. Um, so something happened to me actually yesterday, which I want to talk about. Okay. I cheated. I had not one, but two candy bars. Oh, God damn you, Gary. Okay, I thought so, this was like a diary confession okay, moment. No, seriously, I cheated no, on my really husband is. of no, 20-something no, years. I'm too, like, I'm too, I'm fucking, him out I'm of too fucking old to do that. And no. now I get to wear his clothes. And I'm, I'm like, damn, dude, no. this was not what I was prepared for. No, no, nothing like that. But this is a serious thing. I, I, think, I, have, an, I have an eating... I have an eating disorder. We know this, you know, so it's something that I freely admit that. So I want to put it out there in the universe. I cheated. I had not one, but I had two candy bars yesterday. Okay. Um, and I was told, and actually I was hoping that it would happen, that when I ate sugar and that kind of sugar, that I would throw them up. Guess what? I didn't. No, shit. I, I know. And so now I'm very worried about falling back into my old patterns. Because if I get stressed out, I eat. Yesterday, I was very fucking stressed out. I honestly ate the candy bars because, well, I assumed I would get sick and throw them up and I wouldn't want to do it again. Well, so that plan went to shit. I did realize one thing that Doctors aren't all knowing. They don't know everything. So even though they said this is what happens to everybody, we are all unique. And guess what, folks? Mm -hmm. I'm unique. So I am worried. I I will say right now, I am worried that I'm going to fall back in some old habits. Um, Very, as very conscious of sticking to a very high protein diet, not going off that at all. But what my big hooray of the day then was, mm-hmm. is what I immediately did is I contacted my Facebook group of bariatric men who have all had this surgery and on Facebook and that group told them what I did. They helped oh. me come up with some ideas of what I should do differently next time and how to maybe not stress so much and that they said, you know, everybody fucks up. I fucked up, move on go for a walk, do some workouts or do something along those lines, which I did. Um, I also got a hold of my nutritionist and told her what I did. 
And because she's a nutritionist, she was much better about it than these other guys who have all gone through the shit. I have a nutritionist who I think is wonderful, but she's this skinny little thing who I, I don't <laughs> think she knows what sugar tastes like. That's my guess. I'm just throwing well, it out Maybe doesn't there. appreciate it as much. Doesn't appreciate food. I don't think it'd be a nutritionist not appreciate food. But, you know, I'm just saying, you know, she, she tries hard. She really tries to to sympathize but you know anyway so um and she just said well as long as you don't do that all the time it's not the end of the world that's true except also you would never tell that to an alcoholic so you know you would not tell a a, a alcoholic oh it's just if you have a scotch every once in a while it's okay you'd never do that so anyway like i said plan went to shit um but what I also didn't realize is that I need to learn to focus on what I did right and not what I did wrong. I still have that voice. You know the one I'm talking about that tells you how bad you are. You're no good. People don't like you. Since I ate those fucking candy bars, I might as well now go and eat some ice cream or donuts. Why not? I'm bad anyway. This is my issue along with hundreds of thousands of other people. We beat ourselves up worse than we allow somebody else to beat us up. We are our own worst self-critics. The minute I screw up, I want to beat myself up and immediately go back to all my old habits because, believe it or not, that is a comfort. I know where that leads me. I need to stop, I sorry, I need to learn to stop being quote unquote comfortable with my old habits and start being comfortable with my new habits, like doing this podcast, Aww. exercising, writing. I need to find ways to exert my energy in ways that aren't self-destructive and allow me to grow as a person because damn it, I'm layered. So in the end, I reached out to people who knew that I, what I'm going through, they helped me. They made me realize I'm not a terrible person. They reminded me I am human. Okay. I have flaws. God, I hated to shock Holly with that. Little <laughs> nugget uh-huh. Because she thinks I'm perfect. So I'm sorry, Holly. Oh, I'm sorry. wait, what? Yeah, I know. So just, I am not perfect. I have feet of clay. So I do have a challenge again this week to all of you, oh, worthy listeners. Your challenge this week is forgive yourself. Don't be your worst critic. Let others try to rain on your fucking parade. That way you can, quote unquote, theoretically, beat the holy living shit out of them. Don't physically beat them up because, well, they aren't worth it. And you'll go to jail and, or have to at the very least pay a fine. You don't, nobody needs to do any of that. Nah, nobody got time for that. Yeah. So really just, just remember, forgive yourself. I am still trying to forgive myself because right now as I'm telling you all this, I still have that thing in the back of my head going, God, I, I shouldn't have done that. I'm just a very, very bad person. And, it makes sense for all the, you know, of course, this is where I would go. That's, you know, where my mind is saying, even as I'm talking to you about forgiving yourself, it's a constant battle. 
So again, this is all talking about, I want you to, this week, I want you to reach out to us and tell us something that you have forgiven yourself for. Okay, so right now, I want to put a little caveat on that. I don't want to hear from any of you about forgiving yourself for murdering somebody because that's unforgivable. I'm talking about the little things, forgiving yourself for maybe not going on that half hour walk you said you're going to go on. They decide to sit there and eat potato chips and watch five hours of true crime drama. I'm saying those kind of things. I don't want to hear your deep, dark secrets because <laughs> I psychologically can't live with that. And then because I couldn't live with it, I puke it out to Holly would have to live with it. And neither of us want that, right, Holly? No. And then yeah. I go, then I become NCIS agent. Oh, yeah, she would. she would. Yeah. And then she would have to do that then. All and that. So, and it's just, so. and you don't need that. I don't need that. No. Let's not go there. And I just, I would have nightmares and I would, you know, it just would not be good. So we just don't want to go there. Right. And that's really it this time. I just want to say that I love you all. Please forgive yourselves. I'm trying to. That was beautiful and very inspiring. Uh, if Thank it's you. all right, if it's all right with you, I'd like to have a follow-up comment to that, if I may. Uh, well, you would anyway, even if I said no. Fair, so because true. I, yeah, I, 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 but I'm so asking. And yourself, I, would res- I would respect yeah. it. Oh, I, I had a, a meeting with my nutritionist as I was telling you at the top of our show when I was went and I found this cat. Uh, uh-huh. I was on my way to my doctor's appointment, which actually was a nutritionist. Um, we are working on ways to kind of fine tune when I eat because I eat really well. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm under the misguided understanding, which many, many people are of calories in calories out. There's it's all a numbers game and hormones play little, if anything on on the whole gaining of weight and keep in difficulty of losing weight. And we found out that, uh, my PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome, uh, is a huge contributing factor to the difficulty of me being able to lose weight and the and the amazing ability to gain weight uh, because my hormones are so out of whack. And so we talked a lot about circadian rhythm, eating, eating earlier in the day, not later in the day, still doing because I, I was fasting. I was doing long, long fasts. And losing absolutely nothing. And I had tried, I've tried numerous things over the years. And so it was nice to be able to sit down and have that conversation. And I went in saying, yeah, I just didn't do as good as I, I, I should have done. And I failed at this and I failed at that, and I failed at this. And it was just kind of negative. And then she asked a couple of questions like, well, I did lose four pounds. I am drinking more water. I have hit the gym three times more this week than I have in the previous three weeks. So my average has gone up. My weight has, my weight lifting has gone up. I'm more, more physically alert, mentally alert. I get more done in the day. I'm sleeping longer, sleeping better. And she's like, are you hearing yourself? And I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, your scale might not show something right now, but all the other things that you're doing are showing some amazing improvements in other areas of your life that are just as equally important. And so I had to learn in that moment to forgive myself in terms of holding on to old ideas and giving myself such a hard time when I'm really doing 
well, considering with how well, and you also, and you said you lost everything you're saying, and you still lost four pounds, how much we're expecting to lose. Uh, Honestly, I, I bounced, I bounced four pounds anyway. Well, but still you lost four pounds. I I heard that right. Correct. From the last time you weighed, you lost four pounds. Yes. Yes. So yeah, I mean, I'm glad I talked about this and really, yeah, yeah, you you lost four pounds. It's good. And it's, and it's not, it's not always just a numbers game. Kind of what you had mentioned too. It's there are other emotional and psychological things that are playing in that you know, how do I feel? Is it, do I, do I feel comfortable in my body for the most part? Yes, I do. I'm not a fan of the, the sweaty coves of my body's curves that <laughs> constantly <laughs> cause irritation uh, because I am allergic to my sweat. And I, I, if I do not wash rinse or anything after a workout, I will have a rash by the end of the night. Just, I just do. I immediately break out. And I've always been that way, whether I was at my current weight or lighter, I just, if I have sweat sitting on my body, I, I just break out. It's ridiculous. Anyway, I really appreciate you sharing. Thank you so much. I oh. encourage all the, all of our listeners to share your thoughts and stuff and your questions and also to forgive yourself because you know what, this world's already rough enough as it is. We are our worst critics. And we do not need to add to our plate. Um, so on that happy on that happy and encouraging note, let's jump into everything you ever wanted to know about LGBTQ news, but we're afraid to ask. So we're going to start out with some fun and then finish with a little bit of seriousness-ish. So HBO's hack star Carl Clemens Hopkins is a non- non-binary awesome human, just received their first nomination for Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series, making the first time an out binary actor has been nominated in an award ceremony in 73 years. Funny story, they had no idea this had happened at all because they were asleep through the entire thing because of the seasonal allergies. He said, I was deep in, I was in a deep sleep. Uh, sorry, I was in a deep Benadryl sleep because he had taken so much Benadryl or whatever amount you're supposed to take. I just take a little bit and it knocks me out. So I can only imagine his partner had to wake him up and say, you need to look at your phone right now. He is, he, so Clement Hopkins, who knows that they wanted to be an actor since they were six years old, uh, has always wanted to just perform and just be out there. He never set out with the mission to, accomplish making history and though history was made our our wonderful human here says that i don't know about other people but i never set out to make anyone's history uh and my goal wasn't a trophy it was just to let me be an authentic person as i am and do the best work i can and i appreciate that i love that that is his take on it uh, and more power to him because I I can only imagine where he's going to go with his career. He's just a phenomenal actor. If you all remember RuPaul, 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 RuPaul now, get this, now has a species named after him thanks to a gay scientist. Have you heard of this? I haven't until just. I know. It's, it's hilarious and I love it. Uh, so Australian entomologist, Dr. Brian Lesnard, uh, introduced RuPaul's soldier fly, the Opiumla 
RuPaul. This species is bathed in bold rainbow colors, baby. It is one of 2,700 species of soldier flies. Uh, Dr. Lesnar was had previously named another fly after Beyonce, and he told CNN, as a gay scientist, it took me a long time to feel comfortable in my own skin in a very traditional field of science, entomology. I think it's really important for the next generation of LGBTQ plus scientists to know that they're being represented in the workplace as we give names of legends in the community to memorable species. Hell yeah. I don't want a soldier fly as a pet, but this one, I kind of do. If it can happen, I want to check it out. Uh, Can I add to that? I think it's really cool that as a scientist Mm -hmm. that he, I'm sure he'd been out to people for years, but to come out this publicly, which is good for all, for kids going up, you know, for the queer kids out there saying, oh, I could do this. I, that thrills me too. His other his other motivation behind it is that by giving these high profile names to, to different species, hopefully increases the understanding and the importance of the biodiversity of our planet. And that includes the variety of different insects. So um, just all around good motivations. And I, I wish him the best in that. Yeah. What I did not realize, and I'm about to drop with you all, is the Met Gala was moved. I vaguely remember hearing that it was being moved because of COVID. So it was, in fact, moved. But they also changed the theme. So I'm going to jump into a little bit of the queer representation that was in full force as the biggest stars hit the red carpet for Met Gala this year. Uh, and for those of you who don't know what the Met Gala is, it's the Met, it's the Metropolitan Museum of Art and Costume Institute Benefit Gala. It's a big deal on the East Coast. And my wife would love a front row ticket. Oh, I More bet she would. She would love her costume pieces to be walking the runway and also be there, too. Um, so this event not only took place later, but they changed the theme. And this year it was celebrating the opening of in America, a lexicon of fashion. So of our, of our lineup here, I'm just going to give you a quick highlight. Really should just check out the pictures and the articles because I cannot do it justice. Queer designer, Christian Cohen designed Ben Platt's studio 54 gay cowboy dream look complete with rhinestones. and not wrong. It straight up looks like it's a disco dream come true. It's a, like a baby blue. And this dude's just like strutting that look. Uh, Shit's Creek star, which we all love. Danny, Dan, sorry, Dan Levy. I'm just put Danny, Dan Levy. Uh, he wore a costume look by Lowen Jonathan Anderson that celebrates queer love. And Anderson quote, is quoted in saying, that is, if if there was a gay superhero, this would be the costume. No, Anderson, no, it's not. It's nice look, great. It definitely had a message, but no, 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 no. There's just no. <laughs> take a hey, look you at leave it. Leave my boyfriend alone. <laughs> you guys take a look at at, at Dan Levy's uh, uh, outfit during the Met Gala. You would say no as well. You'll say yes to it, but you also say no. If you were to change the lens to a superhero uh, view, uh, YouTuber Nikki DeJagger, who identifies as a transgender woman, uh, wanted to pay homage to Black gender nonconforming activists and New York's very own Marsha P. Johnson and delivered. Woo-hoo! 
right down the front is this beautiful bow with this long ribbon on it. It says, pay it no mind. The flowers adorned on the dress are from Manhattan's Flower District, which is where our dear Marshall P. Johnson's from. And just That's so as a, cool. Right? And for a reminder to our listeners, if you haven't checked it out already, Marsha P. Uh, Johnson was a key force behind the Stonewall riots in 1969, which served as a catalyst to the gay rights movement in the United States. They also went on to do a whole bunch more activist work uh, before they were uh, unfortunately murdered. Um, so that it's actually a pretty nice looking dress. I love the motivation behind it. It is great. Megan Rapone, our soccer player, beautiful woman, made a more obvious statement on the Met Gala red carpet, and she continues to fight for women's rights and LGBTQ rights. They wore a costume, uh, a costume, a custom red suit by Sergio Hudson, and she completed the look with this cute little clutch purse. And on one side. It says America, and on the other side, and gay we trust. I love it. Classy. It's colorful. It's great. So Cara, De, I'm going to try this last name. Cara Delavinga. Delavaringi. Delavaranga. Ra. You'll figure it out. It's D-E-L-E-V-I-N-G-N-E. I apologize for butchering your last name, girl. I. Uh, she had the most forthright Met Gala outfit. She literally showed up with nothing underneath her white bulletproof vest with the words embossed peg the patriarchy and said that the patriarchy, uh, she says, peg the patriarchy is about women's empowerment, gender equality, and it's a bit like sticking it to the man. And damn. She does. I mean, she's wears these beautiful slacks and these gorgeous high heels. They're all beautifully designed. And then all of a sudden, it's just as you pan up from from the shoes to the pants, it's just like, bam, white bulletproof vest, beautiful makeup and hair done. It just it really threw threw me off anyway. I don't know about you guys. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Um, You know, jumping into more of that serious conversation, as I kind of warned you all. Y'all remember Caitlyn Jenner, you know, from previous shows that we've done on Caitlyn Jenner. (sighs) Anyway, Caitlyn Jenner and her recall platform was a huge waste, an absolute waste of time and money. It cost California state taxpayers an estimate of nearly $3 million. And it was an obvious failed attempt by the Republicans to grab power. This was stupid for multiple reasons. Governor Newsom was and is still up for re-election, although they have they have beat the recall by like 60 plus percent and are staying in their job for a few more months. They're still up for election. So it was a complete waste of time to do this right now. Anyway, um, and it was an obvious attempt by Republican Trumpsters to pull a fast one and focus on their own self-interest. The whole point of even trying to get a Republican governor at this point, especially who they were looking at getting, was to persuade certain votes in their favor while they could. So in the in the whole hype and all that controversy, many of us already heard of heard of the conservative radio show host that became one of the front runners, Larry Elder. He has a history of making misogynistic and offensive comments and including mocking premenstrual syndrome by calling it 
uh, punish my spouse and, and, and saying shit like blacks aggregate or sorry, exaggerate the significance of racism. And he himself is black and saying shit like that to begin with, regardless of your color of skin is bullshit. But before all that, Caitlyn Jenner had announced their candidacy, which was a half-baked BS announcement. Their website was crap. It had close to nothing on it, including a reason for running or maybe what their, their platform basis for. Their announcement garnered a lot of, I mean, really an inordinate amount of interest from the press. And it was a huge waste of time. It was lackluster to attempt all the way around. She basically tapped into Trump's former staff to help her with the campaign and then did nothing, nothing with it, which is why we need to stay alert and vote, 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 because it's the same. This is the kind of shit that happens in these kind of races in the small race, as well as the big, big grand stage and in, in, in the political arena. We have to keep up on it and, and understand what's happening in our country to vote smartly especially if they're trick questions, which this ballot was a trick question, but the comp, the different parties got out there and did a good job educating. So the, we didn't have a Arnold Schwarzenegger of California situation happen. Um, a touch, you know, kind of touching a little bit on a little more seriousness here. Cameron Cassie was a, who's a gun control activist and survivor of the 2018 shooting at the Parkland um, club in Florida came out in a letter tweeted today. He says, um, so just a little backstory here. So Cameron emerged as one of the most prominent survivors of the massacre, which killed 17 of his classmates, along with other students. He helped organize the 2016 March for Our Lives gun control rally in Washington, D.C. Cameron announced in his tweet that he is indebted to the past LGBT activists and especially those of color. He says, I don't know what type of queer I am. I am finally okay with that. Bye? Question mark. Maybe? Question mark. I don't know, man. The journey towards self-acceptance is one that I've been on for years now. But the most difficult aspect has been searching for meaning and sexual identity when there's truly none. At least not for me. I want to go, I want to be straight. I wanted to be straight for so long. A straight guy who's done some gay stuff here and there. There's so much security in heterosexuality. And this kind of goes on our topic of, of our show today. We talk about the complexity of our sexuality and our, and our identity. And here we have somebody who's already a prominent individual who's willing to have that conversation on the main stage and talk about how truly difficult it is to explore oneself identity and find security and being in, in heterosexuality. So uh, I, th- I thought it to be super timely. Uh, Cameron yeah. also talked about, right. Also talked about the stigma of being bisexual or demisexual, the latter, which describes sexual attraction uh, only corresponding on the emotional attachment level. Cameron describes being told by white gay men that bisexuality and demisexuality are illegitimate. Bisexual men are told that they're gay, but afraid to admit it. And bisexual women are told that they're just straight and just having a little fun. And we need to change this forever. Absolutely, Cameron. I agree. We need to change this forever. This is a huge misnomer that's doing no justice for our community at large, but definitely not members of our LGBTQ community. Uh, so he uh, he's just 
I appreciate he highlights so many things that we talk about here on the show that we we see other people addressing in our community. Uh, we need to we need to address the, the the these kind of comments saying that you know men just haven't decided that they're gay and that women are just having fun and 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 delegitimizing their their identity. All right, last two awesome things you got to love the Swiss. Finally, there's a hope on the horizon. There are new polls that suggest that the Swiss voters are on track to vote yes in a marriage for all referendum. It's a 63 to 35. The supporters see this as a step towards equal rights. There is some of there is some fear from the opponents that they could erode the tradition that from the opponent side anyway. And I'm putting huge air quotes around this. They say it erodes the traditional family values. <coughs> Bullshit. Anyway. Um, so the new poll shows that there's a good chance that this marriage for all could, could get passed uh, here soon. And guess what? Cuba, baby, they they refer to it as code. So law, code, referendum. These are all le- legal terminologies in the various different contexts they're in. But Cuba published a draft of a family code that opens the door to gay marriage, especially a code that would redefine marriage as the voluntary union of two people without specifying a gender. Currently, it's a union between a man and a woman. So there's some huge changes happening in in multiple countries around the world. I love it. I think this is a great conversation to have, and I'm hoping that this will spur neighboring countries and allies to to start making these, these things law. Because if you make it a law, then you have a voice in the legal system and you can start pushing your rights in in those arenas rather than only one way, which at this point, you know, marching. We could do more. Let's do it. I love it. So that's all I got for you guys in this segment of everything you ever want to know about LBGTQ news, but we're afraid to ask. Thank you so much for joining us for our show this week. We look forward to uh, chatting with you guys on social media and dropping our next episode here soon. So thank you so much. And until next time, be well. And be queer, fuckers. (laughs) Thank you for connecting with us on this week's Conundrum. Connect with us on Facebook. Instagram. Twitter. At Quernundrum Podcast. And email us at Quernundrum at Quernundrum.com. And please rate and review us on iTunes. Until then, peace and be well. And be queer.